0: This is Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever you're listening to right now. I am Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. My panelist tonight from the Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King. From Ball State Athletics, we got Paul Havicott, Our special guest tonight, we're joined by a Sweden hockey royalty here. Uh, He played with the Jets of the WHA and the New York Rangers of the NHL. He's a playoff MVP. He's a two-time WHA world champion. He's their all-time leader in assists per game. He's a member of the inaugural Hall of Fame class for the World Hockey Association. He's played in two Canada Cups. He was also part of the Challenge Cup against the Soviet Union. Um, I know we've discussed that before when we we had uh, Anders Hedberg on, so we'll get into that again tonight. Um, He was also named the Rangers Players Player Award winner. And, and check this out. This is one, one third of one of the most famous lines in hockey history, The Hotline, with Bobby Hall, uh, Hedberg, and of course, our guest tonight, Alf Nilsson. Alf, thank you for being here. Well, thank you very much. It's nice to be there. Awesome. Awesome. So, we're going to be debating tonight the greatest Stanley Cup winner of the 1970s. As always, afterwards, we're going to have a QA for Alf about his career. And uh, we're going to start this out with uh, Paul and the Boston Bruins.
1: All right. I took the Bruins, one of the six original teams. But in the 71-72 seasons, they were first. And division winners in the East uh, had a lot of offense, 330 goals scored, and a great defense. They only gave 204 up that year. Um, The record in 71-72 was 54-13-11. And so we went to see him at the Garden. I think you were treated to probably two of the best players at that time. You had um, Phil Esposito, who led the team with 130 points uh, and goals with 66. Bobby Orr, who led the team with assists at 66. Orr's probably top two or three players ever. I guess, well, defenseman, I guess you could say he's the best defenseman ever. And then they had... um, I think his name is John Buchik. And an interesting thing about John was the Bruins were – they won. And up until current, they're still one of the only teams to win without an active captain that year. He was a stand-in captain. So he was uh, the team's senior assistant captain. He accepted the cup when they won it, circled around the rink during the ceremonial skate. Uh, And in the goal, you had Eddie Cheevers – or Jerry Cheevers, I'm sorry – and he only averaged uh, allowing 2.5 goals uh, per game. So I think it's the best team, but I got to be up front. When I look at their wor- road to the playoffs that year, they're squaring off against kind of a lesser Toronto team. They finished fourth in the division, almost perfectly a 500 team with 33, 31, and 14 as a record. And they had scored 209 goals that year and given up 208. So they beat them four games to one. I that's a little bit lesser competition. Next round got a little bit better, but uh, it was the Blues. They had a losing record at 28-39-11. and 11. Uh, They had a little bit more star power, I think, than Toronto, but Boston handled them pretty easily at 4-0. to zero. So the first two games, really, they, they glided right through. But then in the Cup, they went off against the New York Rangers, and the Rangers actually finished second in the East. Had a really good record, though, 48, 17, and 13. Pretty good defense. They only allowed 192 goals that year. Scored 313, so potent offense. And Boston matched up well against them. And ended up winning four games of two, going 2-1 and one on, the, on the road and 2-1 and at home. So this cup, they won the cup that year. It was the second one in three years for the franchise. So it was a really strong franchise. They had six titles total. Uh, but uh, back then, it's a pretty dominating team. Two, three great players and just an easy road through the playoffs. And that's Boston back in 71-72.
0: So, I mean, let's start this out with the great Bobby Orr. He changed the way the game is played. What are your thoughts on on his style of defense and and how it changed hockey?
2: Well, he's probably the all-time best defenseman that ever played the game. All all around the world, I guess. There have been a lot of good Russians... uh, but uh, with all the great defensemen they've had in Montreal as well, Bobby Orr was so outstanding. And um, I really never got a chance to play against him when he was at his best. But uh, from, uh, from hearing from all the teammates, because I, I played with three of those guys. Ted Green uh, went to Winnipeg. And played with us for a while there, and Carol vadney and Phil Esposito, they were traded uh, to New York right after that.
1: Oh, so. Did I get the pronunciation of Bucic right? I wasn't sure if it was Busic or Bucic It's music
0: Busic,
2: Busic. I think it is. Okay, Johnny Busic.
0: Sure. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that Boston team as a whole? I mean, any time that Montreal doesn't win a Stanley Cup in the 60s or 70s, it's pretty big news. Yeah, it's true. Well, but I don't
2: think they were... Well, they had two of the best players at the time, Phyllis Pesito and, uh, and Bobby Orr on defense. And uh, outside those two, well, they had a good goaltender in Jerry Chevers. He was, uh, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah. But he, he was really a, a good goaltender. And if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, you have to have a good goaltending. But uh, I guess Espo and uh, Orr, they were the ones that carried that team. And then they had a lot of average, great hockey players around them but not really that many uh, All-Stars.
0: Well, let's move on to the the 74-75 Philadelphia Flyers, and that's represented by me tonight. So they're known as the Broad Street Bullies. Of course, Uh, this was their second cup in a row here. And I did choose this team over their first year because statistically they were better. Um, They went 51-18-11 with 113 points. Uh, That won the Patrick division. And, of course, that was the best in the NHL that year. Um, Coached by Fred Shiro. We know uh, his son, Ray Shiro, uh, of course, went on to be uh, GM. Uh, Captain Bobby Clark, Hall of Famer. Can't say enough about how good Bobby Clark was. So the team as a whole, 293 goals. That was sixth in the league. But this was what was really impressive. Paul talked goals against. He said 204, I believe. Well, the Flyers, only 181 against, and that was first in the NHL that year. Um, but let's move to the forwards. I mentioned Bobby Clark. He won the Hart Trophy. They had Bill Barber, uh, Rick Malish, Reggie Leach. And uh, Rick Malish, check this out. He had seven hat tricks that season, seven hat tricks. That is a, a large number of hat tricks. Um, but when you, when you talk the Flyers, uh, as far as their skilled players, you, you start in goal. It's it's Bernie Perrant, 0.918 save percentage that year. We're talking in the 1970s, 0.918. Today, that's probably like 0.960. Um, 2.04 goals against, 12 shutouts. That was in the regular season. And if we move to the playoffs... Bernie Perrant upped it to a .924 save percentage and 1.89 goals against with four shutouts. And that was getting a bye in the playoffs, too. And he still managed four shutouts in those numbers. He won the Vesna, He won the Conn Smythe. He is the, the reason why they won that Stanley Cup that year, in my opinion. Um, this was only the Flyers' eighth season in the NHL. And, you know, now they're back-to-back champions. Um, they were the last team to win a cup with all Canadian-born players. That was an interesting stat that I was not aware of. Um, And then, you know, it's hard to say that they're the best talented team that we're talking about tonight, but they are by far the most physical. Uh, They could dominate games with their size, their hitting, their power. Um, They had a guy named Dave Schultz. He put up 472 penalty minutes. That was an NHL record that he had broke his own record from the year before. And as a team, they had 1,953 penalty minutes. That's 900 more than the other two teams we're talking about tonight. So they were uh, they were a big team. They would beat you down. They would wear you down. Um, and if everyone remembers the hockey movie Slapshot, I think a lot of the shenanigans and... Fighting and things that we saw really kind of came from this Flyers team uh, teams in the seventies. So, all uh, your thoughts on that physical style play of game? I mean, were they dirty in your opinion?
2: Well, I've heard a lot of stories about the Broad Street Bullies uh, in, in those years, but one of my teammates, or Anderson, my teammate in in New York, he told me. Uh, One time, he said, when we came in and played the Flyers in the preseason, the first year, they were so impressed with Anders and me because we never backed down. And I love that kind of play because when they hit me in the beginning of uh, a game, that's when I got uh, sort of in my uh, zone. So, uh, and... They said because we were accepted right away when we went into Philly because a lot of players didn't really want to go in front of the net with those big guys. And um, so, but they they are so far behind uh, both Bruins and Canadians in talent, I think. So they, they I think, One, because they had maybe, at the time, the best goaltender. Like I said, Cheevers carried Boston in 72. And uh, Bernie Perron carried the the, uh, Flyers. So, as I said before, if you're going to be successful in the playoffs, you've got to have great goaltending. And we're going to come to Dryden, like, he's (laughs) the third great goaltender of these three teams so but they're far behind canadians and uh, the bruins in talent
0: great goaltending can beat any team we we've seen it time and time again but uh so your your thoughts on uh let's just let, let me ask you about bobby clark uh just a menacing physical presence you know, went on to be a GM uh, for the Flyers for years, uh, a very solid captain. Um, that physicality, that style of play, I know you said it would get you fired up before a game, um, but that's not like the European game. There's not a lot of hitting. So, I mean, we can be honest about that. Back then, there was not a lot of hitting in the European game. So how how would a player like yourself react to a team like that? I know you said it got you fired up, but would you be worn down by the end of a seven-game series? Uh,
2: not really. Like, but I, I have so much respect for Bobby Clark because he was the heart and the great leader on that team, and uh, he was a talented hockey player, and he had some good teammates or line mates like uh, Barber and and Leach and uh, and it was uh, an awesome line. So. That was very important for them, and but uh, uh, to be honest, it, it's like uh, it's hard to uh, to say that they measure up with the
0: Canadians or the Bruins. I'm well, sorry to had, say that we only had three teams to pick from in the 70s because they <laughs> those yeah. teams won all the cups. But let, yeah. let's move to our final team, uh, Brian. Go ahead.
3: All right, well, the 76-77 Montreal Canadiens, 68-12, 132 points that season. That set a new NHL record. Only one loss at the Montreal Forum for the entire season. Uh, And they outscored their opponents by 216 goals. That was another record. This team was absolutely stacked full of Hall of Famers, and, and I'm not talking about, like, has who were barely hanging on or, or or rookies who hadn't established themselves i'm talking about significant contributors all between the ages of 23 and 33 so you had bob Gainey, serge savard uh yvonne coignure uh jacques Lez, uh lemare guy Lapointe, the point uh larry robinson steve schutt guy lafleur and an absolute legend between the pipes you mentioned them earlier ken dryden Shute uh, was the NHL goals leader and game-winning goals leader. LaFleur was number two in goals and led in both points and assists and won the Smythe Trophy. Robinson was the Norris Trophy winner and had the second-highest plus-minus in NHL history, 120. So that's amazing there. Uh, Dryden won the Vizina, leading the NHL in wins, save percentage, and he had 10 shutouts that year. Um, Of the six starting positions for the NHL All-Star first team, four of them were halves, LaFleur, Schutt, Robinson, and Dryden. And as a team, um, they had the most goals, uh, 4.84 goals per game, the fewest allowed, just 2.14, a lethal power play. It was uh, 24.9%, which was second best. The best penalty kill 87.9%, Eighty-seven point nine percent, the best shot percentage, thirteen point seven percent, best save percentage nine point or point nine uh, one seven, and the second fewest penalty minutes. So this team could outscore you, not allow you to score, beat you on both sides of the power play, take accurate shots, and they were disciplined enough to stay out of the penalty box. Uh, in the playoffs, they made short work of the St. Louis Blues, sweeping them, outscoring them nineteen to four. Uh, the next round, they faced an up-and-coming Islanders team who later became a dynasty. Uh, they won that series 4-2, shutting out the Isles in both games uh, 2 and 4. And then in the NHL, uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals against Don Cherry's Bruins, another sweep outscoring them 16-6. to uh, Most hockey historians have this team ranked as one of the best all-time ever, not just in the 70s. Uh, so just a completely dominant season, completely dominant team.
0: Well, goaltending wins. All your thoughts on Ken Dryden.
2: Yeah, he he
0: was uh, one of the best uh, in
2: those days. And uh, he was so big, too. So he covered most of the net. But, like, I can't agree more. That was a really powerhouse that they had. They, all, they didn't only have one defenseman like Bruins. They had three or four. Like Seward, LaPointe, Robinson, those were the three
0: giants at the time. Yeah. So the flower, Guy LaFleur, I mean, I feel like he's actually underrated uh, in in NHL history. What were your thoughts on on Guy and his just, he played, what, 20, 20 some years? I mean, he was on the Rangers in 89, 90, all the way up there. What what were your thoughts on the flower? Oh, he
2: was a beautiful player to watch. Like he was, uh, uh, a lot like uh, Gretzky. Like uh, you you could hardly see him, but he was moving so nicely on the ice, and he was uh, so accurate with his shots and beautiful skater, and uh, just a complete hockey player. So we're going un- to. Unfortunately, oh, right. my first year in New York, uh, we lost. The Stanley Cup final against that team, Montreal Canadiens. We won that first game up in Montreal and then we lost uh, the next four. So, wow! I have so much respect for that team and, and, and especially goaltending and defense. But they had a, like power forwards as well. So,
0: I it's just the numbers speaks for itself. Well, let's move into our vote tonight. You cannot vote for your own guys. Brian, who are you taking?
3: Well, I can't take the Canadians, so I, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go with the Flyers just because of that, that physical beatdown that they could put on you could, could steal a series. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with them.
0: So if I was ranking the teams tonight, I actually would have the Flyers last. I do like their physicality, and they can't beat you down. I, I think um, Bobby Orr is probably the best player we're talking about tonight with the Bruins, but we're talking a whole team. 76 Canadians, that that was it. I mean, when we did our uh, Dynasty show with Dan Quinn, I represented the 70 Canadians, so I know how good they were. I'm taking the Canadians. Paul?
1: Yeah, I agree. I'll do the Canadians. I don't need to repeat everything you said. So,
0: All? F- it's
2: Canadians. It's... No question.
0: All right. So win for the Canadians tonight, 3-1, to one, almost the sweep. Uh, so let's move into our Q&A. Brian, you got the win, so you get first question for all. All
3: right, Alf. So uh, I understand that in the early 70s and, and prior to that, there was sort of a perception that Scandinavian players were not good enough to play professional hockey in North America. Uh, guys like yourself and Anders Hedberg certainly changed the minds of a lot of the skeptics. So were, were you aware of what these critics were, were saying? And did you use that as motivation to sort of prove them wrong?
2: Well, um, we didn't know what to expect when we came over. But first, the experience, I didn't play in that series. But Sweden played the, the national team, played the Team Canada on their way to Russia when they had that uh, 72 series, uh, eight games against the Russians. And uh, they were then talking about the the chicken sweets and things like that, because we didn't have... We didn't grow up having any fighting in the game, but it was still a pretty physical game uh, that we played. And uh, it, it was not... No Europeans or it was one guy, Ulf Sterner, came over in the 60s and played uh, with the Rangers system and he played a few games. but uh, in those days when it was only six teams, it was hard for Europeans to come and, and take a place because uh, it, what we're not used to in those days, like we didn't have professional hockey in sweden so like when we came over the first year we took away jobs from canadian players Mm. and uh, and that was uh, that was strange for us to to sort of accept that but when you look back on it it's like it's like my job or the guy I'm sitting next to in the dressing room. And I think it was so much easier for Anders and me to come with lars Eric Schubert. And Anderson and I had an opportunity to play with Bobby. So the transition was uh, very easy for us. But it was it was tough to see some of your teammates lose their job because we brought over a few more Europeans the second year so but um, yeah, I think we took a, a lot of beating in Winnipeg because we were Europeans and we, were, we didn't Bobby said you never have to fight we just play it hard and tough and be aggressive but you don't have to fight we have different guys that should take care of that and first, Tommy Bergman came to Detroit, 72. And he did pretty well uh, playing there. And then Salming and Hammerstrom came 73 to Toronto. And I think uh, Salming proved pretty fast that the Swedes are not chicken players at all. Like, uh, and I think I proved that with my style. I've never backed down to anyone but like why should I fight uh, someone that is 220 240 and I'm 180 so it's crazy like let big guys take care of those things and uh, we got one guy in Winnipeg Kim Claxon. he's one of the toughest guys that I've seen on the ice like he he challenged anyone and he was Around five nine, but he was probably two hundred pounds and left-handed. He was really a tough guy, so he he really protected us. And Gretzky all always had players on his team protecting him. You never heard of Gretzky being in a fight, right? Lafleur was never in fights either. So well, let's go, uh,
0: Paul, then me.
1: I was watching some footage of that Dennis Potvin hit on you, and over the years, I think you'd maintained that you didn't think it was a dirty hit. And of course, your fans they thought it was. And I just wondered, had you ever, have you ever talked to him about that? And did you do you still maintain that I think it fractured your ankle and uh, put you out the rest of the season, if I'm not mistaken?
2: Yeah. I came back and played the, the first two games in the Stanley Cup final, but mm. my, my ligaments were really uh, top-notch. So, yeah, Dennis and I have had a lot of conversations about that. And I think the reason the Ranger fans were so upset at the time, because Rattel got hurt 1972 when they thought they were going to beat Bruins. And then I got hurt '79. And we lost. We beat Islanders in the semifinals in the playoffs, but we lost to the to the um, uh, Canadians in the final. And I think they, the Ranger fans, are so passionate about their team that they were so frustrated that they lost the cup in '72 because of an injury, and they thought they lost the cup in 79 because my injury and I had a good season that year and I'm still saying that it wasn't a dirty hit but and I I trade Dennis Potvin's four cups because they won the next four years Uh, and I think that added the fuel to the hate that they had to Dennis Potvin because my five years in New York, I lost to the Montreal Canadiens that won the Cup. And the next four, we lost to the Highlanders in the playoffs that won the Cup. So it was five tough years, but it was a pretty good run. And I still think it's kind of <laughs> fun come to New York and they still start whistling and they chant Potvin sucks. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's just <laughs> yeah they don't forget anything. No. <laughs> and, the, uh, and now we're in two thousand twenty two, that was nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people weren't born and they still, still
1: still fresh in their minds though. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> so so let's talk uh, WHA here for a minute. Um we we had Andre Andre Lacroix on, of course, a uh, great WHA player We've mentioned Hedberg a couple times. I want to talk about the hotline. You're, you're on with Hedberg, yourself, the great Bobby Hall. You guys win two championships. That is one of the greatest lines in hockey history. Who, who put you guys together? I mean, was it your guys' idea? Was it the coach idea? And what was it like to just play with those two stars?
2: Well, I think uh, Anderson and I never played together on the same club team or uh, On the national team in Sweden. But uh, Dr. Jerry Wilson, that was the team doctor, and he used to play for the Montreal Canadiens. He was over on sabbatical in in Sweden and he was scouting us for Winnipeg because I could have gone to Buffalo. In those days, there were no drafts of uh, European players. And Anders was. He belonged to Toronto Maple Leafs, so he could have played with Salming and and Hammerstrom. And then Lars Eric Schubert belonged to Minnesota. And we were talking uh, before the uh, World Championship in Helsinki in 1974 if we were going to, because we were more or less ready to go over to North America and play. And we had those choices to go to different teams in the NHL or we could go to go together in uh, the WHA and Jerry said, you'd be a perfect match to play with Bobby Hull. And we had the lars Schubert as a strong defenseman and Mike Ford on the other defense on the power play. So it was amazing, but Bobby was already 35 years old when we came over 1974. So he said, many times to me and in interviews also, like we gave him four extra years on his career because he was so tired after the first two years in the WHA that he carried the whole Winnipeg Jets team. He played with good players, Norm Bowden and Chris Baudelot, but it was so hard, he said, to just, do all the autographing on the road and and not really feeling good about the way the team was playing. So, I mean, first time we stepped on the ice uh, playing with the university team and Bobby was ready to go over to because World Hockey Association had their series against Russians in the 74. And we, we were skating and doing line rushes. And he said, this is amazing. Because Bobby always wanted to change positions. And that's the way we play in Europe. Like, even if you're a sentiment, you don't have to go in the middle all the time. Or the right wing and left wing go just up and down their side. Bobby always wanted to move around. And if he came in 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 the middle, I took his... Uh, side and things like that so it, it was it was music from day one when we came on the ice like it was it was it was scary and i had anderson and i had a really good lawyer don Basley. unfortunately he passed away uh, uh, with cancer about six seven eight years ago but he said uh, to the management in Winnipeg that how many points do you expect Ofi to make for this amount that he was they were paying me the first year well if he gets 60 points we'll be very very happy so Don said why don't we make a little bonus system over 60 points so I got between sixty and seventy, maybe hundred dollars per point, and and they raised a little bit, and I got five thousand dollars for my my uh, hundredth point, but my last my last twenty points because I got one hundred twenty points the first year, I didn't get paid. So that was kind of uh, an interesting thing, and I used to teach a uh, tease. uh, Don Basley about that that's the only mistake he's made on a contract for all his great players he had Joe Sackick he had Timo Selene Yari Curry he had so many great players and he was probably the best lawyer agent uh, of all time in the NHL because he looked at it's not only players it comes big responsibilities when you make a lot of money, but we, we got to take care of the fans as well, and the owners—they got to make money. So he was looking at the big picture all the time. Unfortunately, we lost him too early.
0: Brian, you got the win. Take one more.
3: Okay, so off. I want to. I want to take you back to the 1976 WHA playoffs. Uh, you were able to score 26 points in just 13 games. Um, Do you feel like that was the point in your career when you were playing your best hockey, or was there another point that you remember? Well, that was a great
2: uh, uh, playoffs I had. But when you play with Anderson Bobby, it's so much easier if you have a little talent. Like, yeah, but 26 points in 13 games, that's Gretzky and Lemieux stats. So, It's good to do that in the playoffs. But Anders said, he played with me for nine years. He said, my best year maybe was in New York, my first year before I broke my ankle. And like, I think you mentioned it before, like the players, my teammates in New York voted me the MVP of the team that year. And... uh, I, I felt I had a really good. I probably had one point two points per game up until that point or something like that. It wasn't Gretzky or Lemieux or anything like that, but it was good stats. It was good stats, and and uh, we had Madison Square Garden really cooking that year. So, yeah, uh, my my second year in in Winnipeg, but. Also, third and fourth year was great. So, yeah, I was fortunate enough that I never really had a serious injury in in um, in Winnipeg. I had bruises and cuts all all the time. Like uh, you're always uh, bruised up during the season, but like. When I came to New York after the ankle, it was my knees giving me a problem, my right hip. So now I have a, a new right hip since 1994. It's quite old and it's still very good. I replaced both my knees in 2012. My shoulders are sore. So I feel like I've been uh, using my body as a race car. For nine years. So so it's like I'm 72 now, but I think my body is 102.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I got to ask about the Challenge Cup against the Soviet Union. Uh, One, I mean, an honor to be part of that team, obviously. So, you know, tell me your thoughts on that. But are you, was your team at a disadvantage, basically being a bunch of all-stars put together as opposed to an actual team that plays together like the Soviet Union did every day?
2: Oh, definitely, definitely. I I usually say the Russians, they are scientific professionals and we were professionals. And when you come together just four or five days before we're gonna play that team that have played for several months together, it was very hard, but, but it was a, a power team that the NHL put together. And it's like hard to, to, like everybody's used to play power plays on their team. And now the coaches have to decide which line is going to get the most power play time and things like that. So, but those Russians, they were scientific professionals to the point I think that they were taking illegal substances mm-hmm. yeah, because a lot of those young players they gain 20 pounds in the, during the off season and, and uh, you don't do that in a natural way so but I, I don't know maybe it's uh, a lot of North American players that gain a lot of muscle weight during the summer too so they, they haven't really tested for doping in the NHL or in the professional sports in, in general. So, so maybe we, we look at the best athletes all around the world, so you try to copy it. And, but nowadays, everybody is practicing so much smarter and uh, harder than we ever did. And I think to... And my advantage that we train a lot more than the North American players in the summertime. So we always came to camp in great shape while the North Americans relaxed and, and said to us, Well, it's a long season, it's 80 games, we just take it easy in the beginning. But we we were we wanted to be ready from day one. And I think that's that's what we Uh, were taught by Bobby because he was he was so professional when it came to he said you work hard in practice the games are so easy Mm. so I have so much respect for
0: Bobby. Paul finishes out.
1: Yeah my last one's quick I think since you've played have there been changes to hockey that you're in favor of or not in favor of? I know we've talked to other athletes about how baseball and football have changed over the years. What about you and hockey?
2: Well, I think uh, uh, the equipment have gotten so much better. The sticks are so much better. Mm. Uh, And the the preparation, the practices, uh, the professionalism uh, of the players today and uh, uh, of course, maybe it's because they are making so much money nowadays, and but they are so much more professional
0: than we were in the, in our days. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Alf, for joining us tonight. We really appreciate that. And I know oh, thank there's, you. A big, there's a big time difference, so I, I thank you for working that out with us.
2: This was no problem. It's only seven thirty. Uh, in the evening here, so it's dinner time now. You'd
1: be surprised how many problems we have with time differences.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, three yeah, hours with the we get people, people and we get
1: people like an hour behind us that can't figure it out. So <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. But well, Anderson and I are planning on going now to the WHA's fiftieth anniversary. I'm we're awesome. gonna be we're gonna be in Quebec City end of September, early October, and then we're going to meet some old friends in Winnipeg for a couple of days, and then uh, a group have put together a, a big event in Whistler, British Columbia, 6th uh, to the 9th of October, so we're going to be in, in Canada for that period of time, so which I just booked the, the trip for Anderson me today. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of fun to see a lot of old uh, players that you
0: played against and a lot of old teammates. So Fantastic. Well, I want to remind everybody, make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever you're watching on right now. Thank yeah, you for joining us. Yeah, down below, down below. That's right, <laughs> down below. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you all next time. Have a great night.